Hello, and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. This is Katie. Thanks for being here. I have a great letter, as always, for you today, and I am just going to dive right in. Here we go. This letter is from Lindsay. I was born and raised Mormon. My mom was raised in the church. My dad is a convert. I am the youngest of four siblings, one sister and two brothers. I did the normal things every young kid in the church did. It started with being baptized at eight, going through primary, being so excited when I reached young women's. I went to all the Wednesday night church activities, attended three hours of church every Sunday, went to church dances. Oh, church dances, man. (laughs) That triggered me. Okay. I attended girls camp, went to EFY during the summer, had early morning seminary classes before school started, got my patriarchal blessing, went on youth temple trips, and so on and so forth. The first time I really started to question the church was around the age of 16. I specifically remember sitting in young women's and the lesson that Sunday was prayer. Up until this time, I had never once received an answer, quote unquote, to a prayer and thought that I was broken. Every time I asked a leader of the bishop or the bishop why, the only answer I got was try harder, listen harder, be more faithful, etc. Every time I asked a question, I was told not to question. Oh, how true is that, right? Like I I went through that same thing and if it's like if you're not getting an answer, quote unquote, or you don't feel that special feeling they tell you you're supposed to feel there's something wrong with you and you're doing it wrong, um, which I hate that. It just makes people feel like something's wrong with them. Okay. I finally started to just skip Sunday school classes. I would wander the halls or run around in the church parking lot. As I neared my senior year of high school, I was very much faking everything. I just didn't care enough. There was a handful of Mormons in my high school. I think it was five total. So I felt I still had to always have my guard up. Being in high school and still at home, I had to be careful not to do something too out of the norm or my parents would catch on. I told myself that I could get myself through high school and I could move out and not have to financially depend on my family and then I could be free. Well, as a young adult, I struggled with jobs and so I found myself still living at home, going to a local college full time and still trying to lead this double life. It did eventually get to a point in my sophomore year of college that I just couldn't fake it anymore. I didn't have the energy, so I stopped going to church and doing all the Mormon things. I had been attending a local singles ward, and I just stopped going. I started drinking and doing everything that I had been told that I shouldn't. I was listening to the wrong type of music. I was wearing the wrong clothes. I was drinking the wrong beverages. I was using the bad language. I was watching watching the wrong movies, and so on and so forth. Good for you, girl. (laughs) My parents were not thrilled, as you might imagine, but they seemed to be dealing with it. But the more time that went on, I started getting phone calls and emails from members of the church who were trying to take me on as their project. It was almost as if they were saying, well, guess how many brownie points I will earn with God if I can reactivate this lost soul. Ugh. This was around 2007. Fast forward to 2008, and I found myself applying for BYU. It was like I had whiplash, and everything I had worked so hard to forget about the church was rushing back. I was living at home. My parents decided I wasn't doing what they wanted me to be doing, so they gave me an ultimatum. 
Go to BYU or leave. Oh, yikes. I wasn't financially stable at the time, so guess what? BYU it was. Shockingly, I was accepted and found myself at BYU in the winter of 2009. I had completed two plus years at my local college, but the process of transferring to a new school put me back at freshman level. I ended up doing six plus years between the two schools full time to get my bachelor's degree. As good of an education as I received, my time at BYU was probably the worst four years of my life. I was so lost. The lifestyle at BYU with the honor code and the eyes I always felt were on me. I was scared to even breathe and fear that I would do something wrong. Classes were tough. I felt completely alone. Not all, but the majority of my roommates were the Molly Mormon types. I felt if I looked at a guy the wrong way, they would report me to the bishop and or the honor code office. If I wore a skirt or shorts that were slightly too short, I would get reported. If I wore a tank top in the hot Utah summer heat, I would get reported. I was constantly looking over my shoulder, wondering who might be looking. I was terrified all the time and knew getting kicked out of BYU wasn't an option. I did eventually get into a groove and became a part of a few different groups on campus and tried to make the best of my time. It took the entire first year to get over the culture shock of it all. To this day, I am still shocked I made it out of Provo alive. Ugh, that like makes me want to cry. Ugh, but I'm glad you made it. I'm sorry you had to go through that though. In the fall of 2011, I found myself in a situation that is sadly all too common. I had been sexually assaulted by a guy I went on a date with, but was far too scared to report it. I had heard horror stories of what happens to women at BYU that report an assault or rape, victim blaming at its finest. I knew if the honor code office got wind of this, there was more than a likely chance I would get the punishment and not the guy who did it. So I stayed silent. I sought out counseling of my own outside of the school and outside of Utah County and did what I needed to in order to process the trauma I had been through. I just tried to keep my nose in my books and make it till graduation. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That's horrible. And like you said, it's sadly all too common and the victims really are blamed for their assault and it's absolutely unacceptable. Going to church every Sunday, going to singles ward activities and pretending like I cared were honestly some of the hardest things I had to do. I had found a non-Mormon to date and he was really the only thing keeping me sane. Going to see him was my relief of the torture of every day. However, being the rule follower I have always been, I still abstained from sex and really any physical contact outside of hand-holding and kissing. I was scared someone would see and report me. I could never have him over to my apartment. I didn't want my roommates to know that I was dating a non-Mormon. The eyes of judgment would have been too much. How dare I not date a member? How dare I not aim for a temple marriage? I could hear the judgment, so I just kept him a secret from everyone. All this gets a lot more complicated when at the same time this was happening and I was approaching my senior year at BYU, I was coming to terms with the fact that I was bisexual. I knew I had always been attracted to women, but based on how I was raised, I knew that it meant I was broken, that what I felt was wrong and gross. I remember asking myself, if God is really real, how could he make me so broken and wrong? 
I continued with school, dating my boyfriend in secret, and eventually made it to graduation. Graduation was the happiest day of my life up until that point. As soon as that day hit, I dropped the Mormon church quicker than you can say CTR. <laughs> I lost my virginity that day. Woo! <laughs> now, that relationship I was in didn't last, and eventually I left Utah and went back home to the Midwest. I left the Mormon church in the summer of 2012. The majority of my family is still LDS, immediate, and extended family. My sister and I are really the only two who have left the church. I am now living my truth. I am successful in my career and happily out and proud as a bisexual. I am dating my girlfriend of almost one and a half years and couldn't be happier. I still have to sometimes deal with church things when it comes to seeing my parents and or holiday situations. Every now and then, I find the brainwashing still creeps in. I feel it when I go clothes shopping and looking at a tank top. I feel it when I go to purchase a bathing suit. It creeps in with every cup of coffee I drink. It crosses my mind when I'm being intimate with my girlfriend. There are still times when I have that little voice in my head that is telling me I am broken and wrong. That voice no longer has any merit in my life. But it's not to say it's gone. That voice may always be there, but it has no control over me anymore. Ah, oh, so good. I'm. It's just oh, such a good ending and also so freaking true. That voice is still there for me. I know it's still there for Sarah and probably many of you listening. And it creeps in and makes you think that you're wrong because you've been conditioned to believe so. But I am so happy for you. I'm happy that your life is so much better and I'm sorry for all the shit you had to go through. Um, I was curious, so I responded to Lindsay and I said, um, I was curious, how does your LDS family feel in regards to your relationship with your girlfriend? Because I know that that's kind of a sensitive issue, especially for many like very devout Mormons and religious people in general. And she answered and said, to answer your question, initially it was rocky. My parents were not too keen on me dating my girlfriend. It didn't help that my sister, although on accident, outed me to my mom. I told my sister a long time ago, but bad timing caused a miscommunication, a miscommunication which led me to coming out to my mom. Eek. Um, however, at the present time, they are civil towards her. I feel from time to time they say things that make it seem like they aren't quite so supportive, but it could be much worse. I think there is room for improvement, but as of now, they do invite her to holidays and other such events that they want me at, so I will take that and be okay with it. However, as my relationship progresses and gets more serious, such as moving in together, which is happening in less than a month, oh, congrats, so that's probably already happened, um, Congrats. Um, I can feel the judgment a bit. I think that will only intensify as my relationship gets stronger, as it proves to them it's not just a phase, but this is who I am, and it's not going away, and she isn't going away. Aww. So that made me happy that I guess there isn't, like, blatant, outright hatred, and it's civil, and I hope it stays that way, and I'm really happy for you that you've found you found your person and that you're happy and ugh, not at BYU and not in Utah County anymore because that is tough. Uh, yeah, it's extremely tough to go to BYU and constantly feel like 
people are watching you. It's like Big Brother, right? Thank you so much for sharing your story and being so open and vulnerable and brave. And I, I really appreciate it. It's not easy to share those kind of things, but I know that it's important and that your story resonates with so many people. If you would like to send your story in, please do. Our email is not so molly mormon podcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to support us and help continue, help us continue to produce this podcast. Uh, we are independent, obviously, and we do it all ourselves. If you'd like to help us a little bit, uh, you can support us on Patreon. Our website on Patreon is patreon.com slash not so molly mormon. And until next week, I hope you all have a lovely week. Thanks for listening. See you later.